Appreciate the wonderful singing this morning. Thankful to be in the Lord's house. We uh, appreciate each and every one of you. Thank God for the wonderful singing. Appreciate the Spirit of God. Uh, this morning, in our hearts, we uh, I, I used this text uh, Friday evening at the funeral. And uh, it's used often at the funeral. But that's where our heart is this morning. I think. Funeral oftentimes not the place to preach for an hour. Uh, I try to keep things short, but, uh, uh, but I do have this on my heart, and uh, uh, we studied and prayed over this uh, a long time last week, and, and but we did share a few, a few thoughts Friday evening. But uh, I want to look back at the twenty-third Psalm. It's a very, very familiar passage of scripture. I know, I've heard it used many times. 
here to preach anything new. We just want to uh, uh, look at the Word of God and, and, and share what God has laid on our heart this morning. And uh, I'm glad that uh, He can keep us and sustain us uh, here in this present world, and not only this present world, uh, in the world to come. But we're thankful for you this morning, and we ask that you pray for us here as we look at this text uh, for just a few minutes. But uh, we're going to read the uh, 23rd Psalm in its entirety. Like I said, it's very familiar scripture. I hope, I hope most of you have it committed to memory. But in verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as we look at this text right here, I just want to say this. Uh, in the house starting, we'll get on uh, with the preaching. We're going to uh, use a, a few New Testament texts as we uh, start to talk about this here in just a few minutes, but we'll get there. Uh, but as we look at this right here, the first thing that I want you to pay attention to is that, and I hope that if you have to this date, I hope that you would encourage you that you would uh, <clears throat> this evening, tonight, this week, in your reading of the, uh, of the Word of God, as we see here, we have the two mountains of God. Psalms 22, we have the Messianic Psalm uh, of Calvary. This is where Jesus uh, gives us an, an explicit and very uh, detailed, intimate, con uh, intimate uh, details about his crucifixion. And if you go back and you read this, you'll see right here, uh, specifically in verse number 15 and 16 of Psalms 22, you'll see where the Bible says, my strength is dried up like a pot, sheared my tongue, cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me uh, into the dust of death. The dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierce my hands and my feet. So Psalms 22 is one mountain of God, and we see on uh, one mountain of God where we have the cross of Calvary. We have Golgotha, uh, and we have all the intimate pictures uh, that are painted of the suffering servant our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalms 24, another text that we've preached on many times before, we see the mountaintop of God. Yet once again, after the resurrection, we see that there's a declaration uh, made in the conversation between uh, the high king of heaven and all the angels. Yeah. Amen. Who is this king of glory? The, declar right. the declaration is made. Uh, so we see one mountain of God in Psalms 22. We see another mountain of God in Psalms 24, and in the middle we have the valley side. Uh, and listen, I want to say this, friends, I'm glad uh, that where there's two mountains, that there always must of necessity be a valley. Uh, and friends, listen, where this valley lies is all, is, uh, listen, I want to say this, where this valley lies, all of humanity will walk, they'll transgress this valley of the shadow. Uh, friends, listen, and I want to I tell you this morning uh, that I'm glad for the child of God. And we're going to preach on the shadow here in just a few minutes. I used uh, this the other day uh, at the funeral, and I'm going to tell it again this morning. Uh, but uh, 
Uh, there was a, a pastor that had uh, buried his wife, and uh, he and his daughter, they were in town. They were walking through town after uh, they had buried his wife. And uh, uh, listen, uh, the, the daughter uh, was looking upon the wall, uh, upon an uh, eastern wall that was facing away from the west as the sun began to set. And a big truck had begun to drive by. Uh, listen, when the truck began to drive by, there was a shadow even three times the size of the truck that was cast upon the wall. And she looked to her daddy and said, Daddy, look at the size of that shadow. Uh, listen, and the father that just buried her mother and his wife looked to his daughter. Uh, listen, he said, I'm going to take this and use this uh, as an example. Uh, listen, and he said, uh, listen, my daughter, he said, would you rather be hit by the shadow or be hit by the truck? And she said, oh, Daddy, I'd much rather uh, be hit by the shadow and he said aren't you glad that mama was only hit by the shadow I listen but I'm glad I listen that the sting of death hit our savior I friends listen hey I'm glad I listen shadows today there must have necessity to create a shadow first of all there must be light amen I friends listen and I'm glad as we look at this listen where does the light come from well the Psalms tells us amen if we back up to Psalms 22, uh, listen, we see where does the light cast yeah. from? The light is cast. Uh, uh, listen, we can go and we can read in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. Uh, the Bible tells us in the beginning uh, was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was with God. All things uh, uh, were made by Him without Him. Uh, there's nothing made that is made. The yeah. Bible said in Him was life and the life Lighteth uh, every man. Amen. Uh, he said, I am the light of the world. Uh, friends, listen. I'm glad that on Calvary's tree. Amen. Uh, listen, I'm going to preach on trees. Uh, listen, and the day's coming. Amen. I've been studying it for about a month. Can't, uh, get away from it. Uh, but listen, off Calvary's tree, there was a light cast. Amen. Uh, listen, and when the light was cast from Calvary's tree, it shined on heaven's mountain on the other side. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. in doing yeah. so, Kip, yeah. it cast a shadow yeah. in the valley yeah. where we shall cross. Uh, friends, listen. Hey, I'm glad today. Amen. Listen, this is what I want for the child of God. Amen. Listen, I want to stay here as long as God has a work for me. Yeah. I want to enjoy uh, the pleasures of this life. I want to Amen. grow old with my wife. I want to see my children grow. I want to see them married. I'd like to have grandchildren. Uh, but friends, listen. I, I want to uh, reassure some people today. Listen, and I preached on this last Sunday. Uh, listen, uh, and the Bible tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, it said, listen, uh, lay up treasures not on this earth, uh, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and thieves break through and steal. He said, but lay up treasures. I feel like preaching, amen. amen. Lay up treasures yeah. in heaven, where wow. moth and rust doth not corrupt, uh, uh, where thieves cannot break through. Uh, listen, friends, listen. Uh, he said, for where your treasure is, uh, there will your heart be also. Amen. Amen. Wow. Uh, listen, Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, uh, uh, the mouth speaketh. Uh, 
Uh, friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. I, listen, I'm going to say this. I, I, because I believe this, this is the way I am. And I say this with all sincerity. Uh, friends, listen, I want to experience the things of this life. Uh, but friends, listen, we've got uh, to come uh, to the reality and to the understanding that death uh, is appointed to all men. Uh, listen, the Bible says yeah. in the book of 1 Samuel, there's but a step uh, between me and death. Uh, Friends, listen. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad, friends, listen, that we can have the hope and the promise of a greater day. Listen, friends, and you've heard me quote this multiple times in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul makes the declaration if I had hope in this world only, I'd be of all men most miserable. Friends, listen. Hey, listen, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not telling you that you have to want to die. Amen. That's not what I'm telling you. But what I am telling you is when our work is complete here, I'm glad that we can have a promise of a better day ahead. Listen. Hey, listen. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible tells us, and listen, I know that death, boy, it's painful. Amen. It hurts. But listen, we look at and examine all the texts of the Scripture. James said, what is this life? Yeah. But a vapor that appeareth for a little while, and then it vanishes away. Yeah. Amen. Listen, we see what Peter and John, they, they tell us about death. Friends, listen, we look at Listen, we see, listen, that Paul came to a place and he said, I've fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. And he said, I have finished my course. Yeah. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day, not to me only, but all them who love his appearing. Uh, Friends, listen, this is the confidence that I want to instill in born-again believers. Amen. Uh, Friends, listen, Adrian Rogers said this one time, uh, listen, you're not ready to die. Uh, Friends, listen, you can't live until you're ready to die. Amen. I'm telling you something, friends, listen. Hey, and I want the whole world to understand that. Uh, Friends, listen, we're trying and we're striving and we're gaining and we're yearning for necessity and things and materialism here in this present world. Uh, But friends, listen, stop laying up treasures down here and start laying them up in here. Uh, Friends, listen, I've got a 401k, amen. I'm laying things back, amen. Friends, listen, but I'm glad. I'm glad, friends, listen, that I have something far superior. Listen, hey, I'm telling you something. I've got, listen, I'm making investments on a weekly basis for a retirement that I may not ever see. Amen. Listen, but if I leave it behind, my children have it, my wife has it. Friends, listen, and it's all paper money at that. Amen. Friends, I don't even know if it's real. But I'm saying it. But friends, listen to me. I want you. To, I want to say this, friends. Listen. I'm not saying that we shouldn't invest and we shouldn't focus here. But what I'm saying is this, friends. Listen. We can't live sufficiently here until we have made preparations to live forever there. Friends, listen. I'm telling you something. Listen. We've got to have a confidence. Listen. I see so much faith shaken. 
joy robbed. This in the Christian life today. And it's because they'd rather stay here than go back. Oh, friends. Listen, Paul said to us in 1 Corinthians 15. Verse number 15. Listen, he said this, Know also <clears throat> that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. Amen. Amen. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So he goes on to say, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality. So then... Shall be brought to pass the same which is written. Yeah. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, yeah. where is thy victory? Friends, listen to me. This is what I want for the Christian people that are saved today. I want us to have hope and confidence. Uh, friends, listen. Uh, listen, I, I, listen I, I say this. Uh, listen, there's a lot of things that I want to do down here, and yeah. I don't want to take that from anybody. Amen. I believe that we should strive after the kingdom of God. Uh, listen, uh, if God will grant me, I want to be an old gray hair. Amen. My uh, friends, listen. I don't uh, listen. This, uh, I'll be honest with you. This is why I've tried my best to put the scripture to memory because one day my eyes ain't going to be able to read it. I miss Kay. Amen. My uh, friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. Friends, listen. I'm glad that we can plant, that we can have a desire to carry on the kingdom here. Here, my friends, listen, but our hope is not here only. Now listen, friends, as we look, as we see, I listen from the light of Calvary cast across God's mountain to his eternal blessed homestead where the lights cast the shadow down in the valley. Geography tells us that this, uh, this creek that cut this cavern through the valley of Judea. Friends, listen, it started off as just a little trickle in the spring. Friend, let, me, let me tell you what sin has done to yeah. humanity. It has hewn out a cavern yeah. between God's two mountains. Yeah. Amen? Right. That's what people need to understand. Yeah. The thing that separates people from God's two mountains or the reason that there even is a Calvary is because sin has cut a cavern between God's two mountains. Geography tells us this, that this valley, that it descends 1,300 feet below sea level and it flows into the Dead Sea. Because of the deepness of the cavern, even at high noon, the sun never reaches the bottom. There's always a shadow cast in the valley. Friends, listen to me. We must understand and listen. This is what I want. This is what I want for my children. Amen. This is what I want for God's people. I, I want them to take pleasure living on this earth but have because they have confidence. Yeah. Confidence Amen. that when they transgress the valley, <laughs> that shall lie. They's going to one take. Listen, I, I'm glad I listened to my favorite song that my wife sings. I, listen, friends, I'm glad that he's going to take us by the hand. Yeah. Friends, listen, we will not transgress this valley alone. Amen. 
friends, listen, I now listen, I'm going to read this to you. Because we need to understand this. Listen, to make, to, to, uh, to make verse 4 carry its weight. Amen. Uh, so what does verse 4 say? He said, Yea, go up to the valley of the shadow of death. To give verse 4 its weight, we must first understand verse number 1. But verse number 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Okay? So listen, we can't understand an entirety of verse number 4 unless we first understand verse number 1. What does verse number 1 point us to? The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. Amen. Listen, we can't understand what the rod and the staff do. We can't understand, listen, that I will fear no evil, but because you are, we can't understand what those means unless we first understand what the essential importance of the shepherd is. Turn with us to John 10, or you don't have to turn, amen. You can go back and listen and read later. But we see in John 10, uh, we have what is known as the discourse of the good shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> In John 10, verse number 9, the Bible tells us, Jesus says, he said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not. Listen to this. Listen. This, we see that this John 10 language of the good shepherd is being generated from David's declaration in Psalms 23. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Listen, yeah. David wrote it. David believed it. When, when Jesus stopped here yeah. on this physical corner world, he said, I am that good shepherd. You don't have to look any further. <laughs> the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. He said, I am come. Oh, I love this. Yeah. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now listen to this. Amen. Listen to what he said in verse number 11. I am the good shepherd. Amen. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd what does the good shepherd do? He giveth his life for his sheep. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, friends, listen. Uh, but now the verse uh, 12 says, But he that, uh, that is in hireling, and, uh, and, and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf kept them up, and scattereth the sheep. Friends, listen, to understand the context of the shepherd, we must first understand that the good shepherd is yeah. the shepherd who died for us. Amen. Amen. Listen, yeah. listen, like I said, there's three phases. Amen. Psalms 22 is the messianic psalm of, of Galgotha's tree. Psalms 24 is the messianic psalm of the reestablished, reunited, reuclaimed nations. Amen. What is that? That is where the tree of life stands. From 
one tree to the other tree, there is a valley. Listen, and the light from the trees casts a shadow. He said, in this shadowless valley, you got to have the shepherd. You can't, you see, you can't navigate the valley without the shepherd. What is the purpose of the shepherd? The purpose of the shepherd is to navigate us logistically, spiritually, and physically as we transgress what we, listen, we don't understand what lies here, but he's already walked through it. Amen. So we have three phases of the shepherd. Amen. This is what makes it good. So the good shepherd. So in the valley we have, because he, the Lord, the Bible has already said the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. Now let's see what the New Testament says about. Now listen, these are all playing back to Psalms 23 so we can understand it to the fullest. So David said, the Lord is my shepherd. John, in his gospel in the 10th chapter, he said, well, not, but listen, let me add some specificity to the shepherd language. That, listen, not only is he a shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. Amen. And a good Amen. shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Amen. So what do we see of the good shepherd? We see the good shepherd as we look back to Psalms yeah. 22. Right? Okay, now listen, go flip with us now if you would. <clears throat> uh, listen, go with us to Hebrews uh, chapter number or 13. The Bible tells us this. Hebrews chapter number 13. Boy, I love the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 13. The Bible says in verse number 18, pray for us. Uh, for we must, uh, for we trust we have a, a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you, the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead. Amen. Remember this? Yeah. Uh, listen, who listen, who gave his life for the sheep? The good shepherd. Now the Bible says, Now the God of peace that brought again the dead uh, from the dead, our Lord Jesus. The great shepherd. That great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Okay? Now, you are you tracking with me? Yeah. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. We have the declaration and we have the established and inauguration of the great shepherd because he gave his life for the sheep. So we must have the good shepherd in verse 23, amen. Or listen to verse, or in chapter 22. We have the chief shepherd that walks with us in the valley. Because he's not the dead shepherd, he is the living shepherd. The good shepherd gave his life. The great shepherd lives, amen. And because he lives, we live also. Amen. Now listen. Go with us now. To First Peter chapter number 5. The Bible says the elders which are among you I exhort whom I am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also partaker of glory 
that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God. You see this shepherd language? Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. (laughs) And the chief shepherd shall appear. The chief shepherd shall We have the good shepherd that gave his life. The great shepherd that lived so we can live. And then we have the chief shepherd. Listen, then we look to Psalms 24. Amen. We see him in every single place. He died, he lives, and he's coming back. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, listen to this, when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Amen. Uh, friends, listen. Uh, so now we understand a little bit better and a little bit deeper when David was talking about. Uh, listen, uh, there's so much more to those uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Those first five words: "The Lord is my shepherd." Yeah. He's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd, and he's the chief shepherd. Yeah. And then I love. Listen now. Now when we understand that, Amen. Okay, he died, he lives, and he comes, and, he, and he's coming. He encompasses all aspects from Psalms 22, 23, and 24. We see the Lord is my shepherd, and because of that, I shall not want. You see that? Because he is the shepherd, I shall not want. Not saved because I'm good or I'm righteous. Listen, this is what I've been preaching the last two or three weeks. We are saved because He is good. He is righteous. He is the shepherd, and I stand in His fold, being comforted by His rod. Amen. Do you see anywhere in Psalms 23 where David alludes to himself? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now listen. Verse 22. As we're walking through the valley, he said he maketh me lie down in green pastures. See, uh, let me elaborate on this a little bit. The green pastures and the still waters are a picture of what is eternal, but those exist under here and now. That's why we have heart strings. Listen, that's why our body fights and we want to live. Amen? Because we know and we understand, we can comprehend in the here and now the green pastures and the still waters. Yeah. But as we look to the good shepherd, and now we're holding the great shepherd's hand. As we're walking through the valley in times of struggle, in times of heartache, I'm glad that there's green pastures and there's still waters along the way. 
He restoreth my soul. Didn't say anything about you, did he? No. Said he did. Who's he? The shepherd. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. This is all about the shepherd. Yeah, right. <laughs> Amen. But listen, that's what gives me confidence. Because my confidence is not in me anymore. My confidence is in the shepherd. Amen. I'm not relying on what I've done, what I've said, how I prayed it, how I preached it, how I understood it. I'm not relying on me. I'm relying fully on him. As we walk through the valley, it has nothing to do with me. I'm glad that I cast my eyes Upon him. Amen. Okay, now listen, because we got to understand this. Because oftentimes we read Psalms 23 and we only look at verse number 4. Okay? Because listen, when we get to verse number 4, we see the first, we see the first use of the first person, I. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, this is where the the psalm turns from him to us. But we can only stand, we can only understand us in context of the shepherd. See, a lot of times we try and read verse number four and we say that we will have no fear over evil that we will be successful because of us. But that's not what David is saying. David is saying we're going to be successful. God is going to bless us. Now, what? listen, does that always manifest itself monetarily? I, no. Does that always manifest itself? I, listen, I, in this world that we are blessed and that we are isolated from sickness and disease? No. That's not what it means. I, friends, listen to us. I, but friends, what the Scripture is driving to is not here in this present world, but it's in the world to come. We have confidence in where the shepherd is leading. Amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. I will fear no evil. Why, why does he say that? Why does he say, I will fear no evil? He tells us. Because then he turns from him. Back to the shepherd, and he says, For thou art with me. Amen. So he tells us about the shepherd, the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd. He says, Because of the shepherd, when I walk through the valley, I will have no fear. Because the shepherd is with me. His rod and his staff comforts me. What about the child of God? 
Francis, and I understand that there is a tugging and a carnal uh, responsibility that drives us here to this present world. And listen, it exists in me, Francis, and I understand it. I, I understand the struggle that Paul's talking about. You know what I'm talking about? And, and St. Corinthians chapter 5, he said, I yearn to go to heaven. But I also want to stay here with you. Amen. That's what Paul, he was struggling between the two things. He said, oh, how I want to be clothed with my home from heaven. But he said, I understand the necessity right now to be here with you. Amen. And he said, because of this, I have this confidence. That to be absent from the body is to be present Amen. with the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. See, when you get to that point and that stage of your life, and that's the process of sanctification. There's so many people, there's so many saved Christian people today. They only want to stay here. But there comes a point as we grow in grace and knowledge, we want to go there and we want to stay here. Until we step in the middle of the battle. The green pastures and the still waters are behind us. We step into the seeking sun of this life. We step into the valley. That's when I'm glad we can reach over and grab him by the hand. Say, I have no fear. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen. Amen. When we look to the good shepherd and we see the setting sun in our lives and we see him walk down the valley in the middle with us and the good shepherd grabs our hand, carries us through the valley. And then we begin to see the sun rise and the chief shepherd shall appear. Friends, listen to me. I, I want us to have a confidence, not in ourselves. But let me tell you something. <laughs> I spent many, many years of my life, even when I was pastoring and preaching, and I, I thank God for it. Uh, listen to me. I don't know how many, uh, listen, uh, hundreds or thousands of times, it's in the thousands that we have stood and, and tried to declare God's word, but there was always, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. There was a point, even when I was preaching this book, I wanted to stay here because I wasn't sure about that. Amen. Now, when you get in the spirit, it's a whole different story. But I'm talking about from a carnal perspective. But Francis, as we grow in God's grace and we grow in God's knowledge, we reach a point, and this is what, we see the joy stripped 
from God's children here on this present earth. I listen, we see that they live faithlessly. I listen, that they live confused. I listen, misguided without understanding why do they live this way? Because they want to stay here. They don't have confidence in the shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Okay, now listen, we can look at this in two different ways, but you know, a lot of people, they say, well, God will bless us in the midst of our enemies. But, and that is absolutely true, but if we look at what exactly David is saying in the context of the scripture, we're already in the valley of the shadow, right? So this is verse number five. What is this table that is in the valley that we can smile at? This table is Calvary. We can smile in the presence of our enemies. The accuser, Satan, all of hell itself. I'm glad that there's a table bef- uh, prepared before us in the presence of our enemies. We can point them to Calvary. Why is that a table? I told you I was going to preach on trees. Amen. I want you to think about something. What was in the midst of the garden was the tree of life. I want you to think about it in every context. What saved the children of Israel what saved Noah? A boat saved Noah. What's a boat made from? The children of Israel, when they were in the tabernacle and they built the Ark of the Covenant, amen, when that's where God intervened with man, what's the Ark built from? Wood. Where'd that come from? A tree. Amen. Uh, where was the Son of God? Where did He yield up His life for all of humanity? A tree. Amen. We go to Revelation 22, and I'm glad that there's a reconstituted tree where God's people can dwell eternally. Amen. There prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And now anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Amen. Friends, listen to me, and I'm going to leave you with this, and I'm going to be the shortest message I've preached in years. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Friends, listen. I'm glad. Uh, I, I want to encourage you, friends, this morning. If you've not been saved by the grace of God, put your sins. Yeah. Amen. Put your sins where God put his son. On the tree. And friends, listen to me, I'm going to tell you something. There's forgiveness. That's how we can have security in our life. Amen. Friends, listen to me. Because, listen, I've been preaching this 
But I really want you to hear what I'm saying. There's so many people that are shaken and unsure because they are holy. And to some degree, they are relying on themselves. I want you to hear what I'm saying. They, they, they carry they carry us back. Listen, I've had hundreds of conversations with people in the altar, in the parking lots, on the phones. I friends, and they they go back and they they go back to Bethel in their lives, and they'll say, "I believed on him and I trusted on him, but I just don't know if I had done enough." I said, "Bless God, that's the whole problem. You'll never do enough." But we've got to take a stand in Him. I don't know if I ever done enough, preacher. No, you didn't. I can tell you the answer to that question. (laughs) You haven't and you never will. But I'm not depending on what I've done. I'm depending on Him and what He's done. That's right. That'll change your faith. Yeah. That's what I want Christians today to understand. Get you out of it. Yes, there was a place, a point in time where conviction reached its fullness. You approach a, a, an altar somewhere. You approach God's throne. There was a conversation, a prayer de- a declared. Yes, that that is an individual, personal, uh, uh, listen, experience that must be transgressed by every specific individual. But I want you to hear me loud, clear, uh, plain and clear. You're not saved because of anything that happened. That you did. Preach, I don't know if I believed good enough. I don't know if I prayed right. I don't know if I said enough, if I repented enough. Uh, Francis, when we get to that point and we pour everything that is in us out and we lay it at God's feet. It's not how good we did it. It's all about what we believe in him. So many people that I've met over the course of my ministry, they've struggled so long because they, they, they could never find security in their salvation because it was always contingent on something they had done. You've got to get over yourself. It's all about him. Amen. That's why David prayed in Psalms 139. He said, if I make my bed in hell, thou art with me. You understand what David was saying now? He's saying, my salvation is no way, shape, or form relied upon me. It is solely and wholly in the high King of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's what I want. Because when people change their minds and they get their mind in the right place, 
And it's not about you. It's not about what you've done. It's not about how righteous you are. But it's all about Him. I have security and confidence because He is King of kings. Lord of lords. He is the good shepherd. He is the great shepherd. And He is the chief shepherd of my soul. When you change your mind, you'll find peace that you've never had before. Amen. <laughs> Whether or not you know it, those place-shaking moments, friends, listen, it all boils back to one thing. I put, I put faith in myself, yeah. not in him. That's why I keep quoting this verse. Listen, Selena and Kip, if you would get a song. <clears throat> In Romans 5, verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us. Listen to this. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> you see, friends, listen, I believe lots of times that verse is misunderstood. You see, our righteousness is excluded from that verse. It's not about preaching and praying and singing. He said, listen, he said, I love you in your sin before the foundation of the world. He said, if you'll believe Believe in me and put your allegiance in me. You will be saved. Eternally and everlasting. And friends, listen to me. Uh, listen, once we, once we put our faith, hope, and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's an obedience factor that's required of us. Listen, and, and we serve because we want to. We don't serve because we have to. I serve you because I serve you. Amen. That's what I want for every born again believer. Reassess where you stand right now today. Amen. I promise you that if you will get you out of the way, You'll really put all, everything you, that's what Jesus was saying. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, and thy soul. There's no room for me in that. It's all about him. That's what I want for you. Because when, when you find that, you'll have joy. That's what Peter was talking about, when you have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, you get you out of the equation, and the shepherd becomes the central focus. As we stand on our feet this morning, Brother Kent, what you know? Four hundred.